0: This is an NYY Sports Talk podcast presented to you by Baseballism, a premium lifestyle apparel brand inspired by America's pastime. Baseballism is America's brand. Now batting for the New York Yankees, the shortstop number two.
1: Episode 103 of the NYYST podcast presented to you by baseballism.com. I'm your host, Christian. As always, I'm joined by my co-host Chris. You. And over his bat with the sniffles, stat guy rye. What up? You sound pretty good for having the sniffles.
2: It was it was the flu. I definitely had the flu. I heard some inside scoop on how sick he really was. How sick. I was heard he? it was pretty bad. Dude. Yeah.
0: I, I don't think. I have ever been that sick in my entire life.
1: Oh, thanks for joining us. Was it today. that
0: bad? Yes. I mean, I, I don't really get sick often. It was
2: worse than the stomach bug? Yeah. Oh, dude. I'll Come take on. the
0: stomach bug any Come day of the on. week over what uh, I... You
1: were contemplating death over a stomach bug. Right. Dude. Now you'd rather have the stomach bug over what dude. you had last week? Yes. But I'm back. You're back. Well, I think uh, we got some negative feedback from fan mail earlier today that uh, we should probably be nicer to each other. Yeah, 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 definitely. Definitely.
2: No, thank you. To the person who wrote that comment, I'll say this. I appreciate your support in listening to the show. Uh, I appreciate you taking a moment of your time to review the show. Um, But please, if you're going to review the show, leave us five stars. (laughs) But what I'll say is... Uh, just to, if you're listening now to, to counter that, it is not for the show. We do not treat each other that way for, for the show's sake. It is how our relationship was built, whether if people you think, like it or I'll, not. I'll say
1: this. If you think that is bad, how we speak to each other on the show, don't ever, ever come Hang around out us with us when us. we're right. together in person.
2: And look, I think everyone in life, you have your friends who you are very close with and Uh, you're close because you, you know, you rely on one another and you're nice to each other and whatever. And then there's some relationships formed on sarcasm and are, we always talk about how our, you know, friendship started of you thinking I didn't tip you when you delivered pizza to me and how it couldn't, could have became a fight and you stapled me in my arm, so on and so forth. Highlight of my life. And look, when you're going to be successful doing something like this, you can't put on an act. The reason why we've become, you know, somewhat successful doing this is because we're natural here. We talk to each other. You know, we do filter a lot of stuff, but we talk to each other and treat each other the same way we would, uh, you know, when we're not doing this show. And that's really a part of the successes, why a lot of people listen to us. So... As much as I appreciate your your opinion, um, it's not going to change. It's it's how we got to where we are.
1: Yeah, I agree. So uh, screw you, Chris and Ryan. You can screw yourself also. Yeah. Right, so.
0: likewise. Right,
1: all right. Somebody who's feeling kind of screwed right now might be Brian Cashman, after he just doled out 110 million dollars in contracts to two guys, and they're both injured right now. Are they serious injuries, though? Uh, well, anytime you shut down your ace is kind of cause for concern. Well, that's that's a little bit of a cause
2: uh, of concern. Obviously, I think did Boone come out and say that it was likely that Herman and and Lewisica are starting.
1: Incesse. Was, it was. Ses- he said the, the combination of those three, but we'll work through that in a minute here. The Aaron Hicks thing, I mean, we just had this whole friggin' argument last week about him being healthy and right. playing at least 135, 140 games to make the contract even more valuable to the Yankees. And what happens? He Something with his back. I don't remember what, you know. Yeah, it's it, lower back discomfort. What the hell does that mean? Hasn't that been an issue with him in the past, Oblique too? really has been his, like...
2: The oblique thing. is has been the last year or so, but I mean, it's just always something else with this guy, and he's young. It's not like he's thirty five years old. I mean, this guy's young.
1: He just got a seven year deal. It doesn't sound like the Yankees are that too concerned about it. Brian Cashman was on with Mike Francesa earlier in the week. It just sounds like they're just since it's spring training, they'll just let it clear itself out, and then right. I don't uh, again these injuries but we, it's just bad timing like you sign a contract you're big bugaboos, you can't stay healthy and, and now, now you're hurt. missing time in spring training yeah. because of lower back discomfort but like, I don't even know what the hell that means Stuff like
2: that with like Aaron Hicks I don't I don't really look into too it's much It's frustrating I th- yeah it is but I think it's just again more of a precautionary thing
1: to sit him down and give him some rest the Sevy stuff. And I think we forget to uh, because of the way the series turned out. He missed two games in the American League Division Series. Yeah. yep, Yeah.
0: Boone said yesterday that Hicks has significantly improved and uh, he'll likely do some
2: throwing and hitting and aiming for a return to yeah. the lineup this weekend. I mean, weekend he'll point. be fine is really what he's saying. But the Sevy stuff is a little more concerning because you can't
1: have this guy injured this year how many times have i said it you you guys might have said it too the whole key not the whole key but i would say if you could pick out three things that have to happen for the yankees to win the world series this year severino being a legitimate ace is the number has one. to be one of those three things i
2: did a whole show on my on my own podcast that the whole season in my opinion starts with him and ends with him i mean you got to think about this rotation
1: And this rotation is great based on one thing. You can't say that Paxton might be an ace. Tanaka might be an ace. They could be. They could pitch like that. But Severino has to be the ace. Right. And Severino being that ace
2: and why it's so important is twofold for me. One being that him being an ace really slots the other guys into a much more powerful position. If you don't have to rely, like Christian was just saying, if you don't have to rely on Paxton to be an ace, if you don't have to rely on Hap to go out there and go 15-2 and this year and Tanaka and so on and so forth, that all starts with Severino, and that's really where this rotation becomes deadly. And the second thing is, as the New York Yankees, you're putting all this confidence into this guy, and you're going out there every single year and saying he's our guy. No, he hasn't proven it fully yet, but he's our guy. He's our ace, I promise you. He's the bona fide ace that we think he is. This is his year to prove it now. Because next year, if he doesn't, the Yankees need to go out there. If they fall short of a World Series and he's not the ace again that they expect him to be, they need to go out there and really evaluate who they can
1: get to be that ace. Well, the diagnosis was that... He has rotator cuff inflammation, and he will be shut down for two weeks. Boone, at the time, said it's highly unlikely that he's going to make opening day. Now, I believe Cashman said that he's definitely starting the season on a DL, if Ryan can confirm that. I believe that he said that in his interview with Mike Francesa That's earlier to in the It's tough to swallow. Week. It is. So who do you give the ball to? CeCe? Well, how are you giving CeCe the ball? <laughs> well, here's... Is it just two weeks? or the He got a, he got a shot, whatever. He's taking anti-inflammatories. Uh, where, where are we right now? It's March 10th, March 9th, right? So you figure two weeks. I mean, dude, at this point, he, by the time he picks up the ball, we're only a couple days from uh, the start of the season. Yeah. So that means he needs, what, another two, three weeks ramping it up to get yeah. going. If he only <clears throat> misses that two or three weeks, is it a big deal? Is it a big deal?
2: No, but when you already have a guy in CC who you're saying could start in the DL and then has this five game suspension, but it's not a big deal because it's the beginning of the year and you have that time to, to work it out. Now you're talking about your ace being that guy also. You know, it we talked about how important it is for the Yankees to start their season hot.
1: We said what fourteen and seven. Yeah, well, we saw that we saw the Mm -hmm. schedule. We know the first uh, through Memorial Day, they're really not playing the World Beaters. You know, throwing a series with Boston, throwing a series with the Astros, but they're playing mostly bottom barrel teams. Mm -hmm. Does missing Severino, missing potentially three weeks, change your opinion that they can't still start hot? Uh, If they're playing Baltimore's and Kansas Cities and those teams, you know, Chicago White Sox, they can't outscore those teams with. Herman or Cesar or Luizica on the mound. I think a bigger part of it for me is that this guy's
2: now missing two weeks of spring training and then potentially another couple of weeks of the regular season. You know, Seve's now going to start this season and, and need to kind of play catch up. And I, I don't like that in my ace that I need to see all year. But would you know. rather him have inflammation in March or? In August. Mm-hmm. I in March, obviously. But I'll say this, and I'm not comparing myself to a major league pitcher in any way. But you're going to but right? I no, no, no. I will never. Well, do that. you know,
1: Severino's shoulder <laughs> Is gonna compare to my shoulder. I did
2: I had bad rotator cuff. I had inflammation and my labrum was was just about hanging on.
1: Well, if his labrum is torn, we're talking about something really different. Well, it or. was
2: more of tendinitis and in, in my rotator cuff, it was inflamed. And I did get a cortisone shot, and it did help. But my shoulder was never the same. And again, I'm not comparing myself to a Major League pitcher. His the stress on his arm day in and day out is much greater. Considering he throws what 98. Mm-hmm. I mean, I threw uh, I threw 85 at the time, and then after this came back and threw 75. Um, I'm also fat and out of shape, and right. didn't work hard to to <laughs> strengthen my arm. But it's just scary the fact that he's so young and just got a you know an extension through arbitration, whatever, uh, and you know that he's getting this shot right now.
0: Yeah, Aaron Boone said it's highly unlikely that Severino will be ready. And then as far as Cashman, he's making it a point that to replace Seve will be an internal discussion rather than going out and seeking.
1: That means Gio Gonzalez. They don't have any faith in him to right. be any better than Luis Cesar is basically what he's saying and that Dallas Keuchel's is, is contract demands are probably still too high for right. what well the,
2: yeah because because look if this was CC Sabathia and you're talking about long term injury for this season then maybe you're going out there and you're considering a guy like Keuchel and and picking up that contract this is your ace right now and you're not sitting here saying he's not coming back he's going to come back you're not going to replace your ace with another big contract or someone externally at this point, maybe deeper in the season you would, but right now you're not, you know, Sevy's going to come back. And we just talked about the light schedule to start the year. You have the talent within your organization to sustain this right now.
1: Well, right now, the, to me personally, I don't want to be too positive about it, but I don't really think it's that big of a deal. I think we'll see him mid April. Maybe the Yankees play a little cautious, you know, Maybe they just take it easy with him through April. You don't see him until the beginning of May. But Cash said that he had a full workup done when he signed his extension. He didn't see a damn thing on the MRI when he did his extension. That was only, what, a week or so ago? And they, I mean, sometimes inflammation can hide things, but they were pretty pleased with what they saw on the MRI in regards to the rest of what's going on in his shoulder. That's the biggest thing. I mean,
2: if it's just inflammation... That can be worked on. The scary thing for me is, you know, we were texting the other day about Batances not throwing, uh, you know, as fast as he normally does. And part of the spring training, especially as a pitcher, is the buildup. And really, you're going, you're starting spring training at 50%, working up to 70 to 80 to eventually 100 right before the year. So right now, Severino is nowhere near 100% throwing this ball. He had not even made a start yet. Uh, when he got scratched, that was supposed to be his first start of the spring. Well, I'm really just talking about bullpens and and of course in game stuff. But that's what's a little concerning to me is that he's nowhere near even a, a hundred percent throwing yet. He's doing his bullpens. He's doing his you know groundwork, whatever. And now his
1: shoulders inflamed you No, know, well, you know how it is Every, your first spring training started what is that 30 35 pitches then they work you to 45 right. 50 then you go to 65 70 and then this way you're ready to throw 90 in a game and look spring training and then you, that, you know and then you're ready you to could go. talk
2: to a hundred different pitchers spring training is not about going out there and and throwing 100 miles per hour your biggest goal in spring training is to is to work through your mechanics maybe you're working on a, a certain pitch like a curveball slider that you had not Thrown much the year before, you're really just looking to work counts and to be accurate and throw strikes, and that's part of the buildup. So Seve's not going out there and throwing a bullpen at 98 miles per hour. He's probably closer to 88 or 90, and now his shoulder's inflamed. So you hope that goes down. You hope it doesn't linger on all year because I promise you this: if it's something that's not 100% uh, taken care of and he goes out there and he's trying to throw 100 miles per hour in a game, it's going to come right back. I don't care what kind of a shot he gets. It's going to come right back, and that's what's concerning to
1: me. Well, the Yankees were were pleased with the fact that he reported it right away. He was throwing his bullpen uh, before the game, and he felt it, and he threw one more pitch, and he was like, no, something's not right. So to the people that are think that his down second half had to do with an injury, I don't think no. he was no. hiding anything last year. No, and— Half the battle is
2: is getting to it right away, and because if they if he was hiding something that that's
0: something that they most likely would have found before they gave sure. him that extension. Yeah, absolutely. And he also his problem was more mental. It seemed because he never really dropped
2: it in his velocity, yeah, the velocity in the second half. Still ninety seven,
1: ninety eight yeah. most of yeah. the time. So, and you
2: know half the battle is is finding the injury right away and taking care of it. That's why a guy like Carl Pavano was so. You know, I don't want to use the word hated, but I'm going to he's, he was hated. I mean, Mike Messina. He uh, made ta- like
1: eight starts in four years.
2: That's why I was hated. Yeah, yeah but do you, I'm talking about in the clubhouse. Mike Messina talked about uh, a, a time when he was in a car ac- uh Carl Pavano was in a car accident, didn't wear a seatbelt or something. I, I don't remember the whole story. I remember. But he was injured. He yeah. was injured. And... He didn't tell anyone. And he just went out there and tried throwing again. And the Yankees got lit up. And I, I, if I'm recalling the story correctly, Messina took him and threw him up against his locker. He said, You ever get injured like that again? You tell someone. You don't go out there and put this team at risk. And, you know, all that. And that's what Pavano did. He just, he never, he never spoke up. And that's why the guy was injured his whole entire career yeah, with the Yankees. You, you got to give Severino
0: a little bit of credit. In that sense, because pitcher's mentality, you just do not want. Of course, a guy like him
2: too. Everybody. You know, he's 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 considered the ace right now. He wants more than anyone to
1: go out yeah. there this year and and pitch. You don't think he knows people are talking bad about him? Yeah, The saying, "Oh, this guy's not an ace. Look how bad he sucked in the second half right. of the season. He was he started the sixteen to one game. He didn't even know where the hell he was showing up to the bullpen. He's Got late. a lot to prove, <sighs> and he gets the extension. You don't think this yeah. guy? You know. He's, listen, as great as he's been, he still has a lot
2: to prove to to us, to the organization, and there's a lot riding on him, and for him to come out and and be honest about this injury probably wasn't easy.
1: So, neither. I don't think any of us were really too concerned when it was just CeCe, because you know that you can rework your rotation through the first couple weeks of the, of the season, where you don't even really need a fifth starter, so if you had to pull from the Herman or Sessa, maybe once in three weeks, it wasn't right. that big of a deal. Now you're guaranteeing yourself that one of those three guys has to make a start every fifth day because now Sevy and CC are both missing the beginning right. of the season. And not to be negative Nancy
2: here, but we also have a guy in Paxton who has a lot to prove health wise. I mean, this is a guy who a lot of people have their doubts in him because of his injury history. And He's got a lot riding on his shoulders to stay healthy. You know, knock wood. But if we're two weeks into this season, he starts to feel shoulder pain or, or something freak, you know, a freak injury happens with him. That seems to be his history. Now you got three guys down and you got Tanaka, whose elbow has given him issues. And, He's, you know, he hasn't missed time because of that. Though. No, I'm just saying it's just a lot. When you have a guy like CC down, it's one thing. But now that you have your ace, who has really been healthy since he's become this, you know,
1: since number a major one leader. guy, yeah.
2: and, and now he's down. So he's the guy who's never supposed to be hurt. He's the guy you never expected to be hurt. And now he is. So, of course, it's going to cause a little doubt. But a lot of it is, is just the Yankees being cautious, too. Do you feel that the Yankees need to make a move? No. Absolutely not. Let's evaluate it a few weeks into the season. Let's evaluate it when the Yankees expect Seve to be back. If he's still
1: struggling, yeah, and but it still... could be. I'm assuming it's going to be too late by then because I'm going to have to go under the premise that Dallas Keuchel will be on a major league roster by opening But I day. don't
2: think that Dallas Keuchel would necessarily be the answer anyway. Who would be the answer? Then? I don't know. He's the best available free agent starter. I'm not. I don't think in any way. You're signing a guy like that just because of this injury. Because what happens when he's healthy again and C.C. comes back? You're not going to sit Dallas Keuchel after signing what he expects to sign for. All right. So then, is Gio Gonzalez a better option? That would be more of the direction I would go. Well, now, what was Gio's numbers last now year? Now the Yankees, for... the Yankees are evaluating: Is Gio Gonzalez really worth? that or do we have you know homegrown talent that could that could do the same exact thing but honestly, he struggled last year but then when he went to Milwaukee he actually
0: Milwaukee uh, picked it up i think he had like a 3.2 era with Milwaukee yeah, that's... yeah last year he had a 4.57 with Washington and then when he got traded to the to the brewers he had a 2.13
2: era well here's my thing with G- why i think geo would be a nice fit here you're going to sign him for a lot less than a guy like Keiko. And we've talked about how important we feel it is for a guy like Loisica to stay in the minor leagues this year and really develop into the pitcher they expect him to be. Now we're taking him and we're, you know, potentially slotting him into these spots in the beginning of the year. is an experienced and established pitcher in the major leagues. You're a little bit more confident in a guy like that to slot in for X amount of games. And then you maybe have him in your bullpen for the year.
1: I may have overreacted, when somebody asked me after the Seve injury came out what I would do and I said I would offer Dallas Keuchel the same contract I offered Jay Happ and see if he takes it well it's not I mean it's not worth trying I just don't
2: think he would take it what do you mean you don't think it's not worth It's. you mean it's worth trying I don't think yeah I, I don't think it's I think it's worth them at least you know picking up the
1: phone you don't think he would take two years and 34 million dollars right now he's sitting at home doing no, he nothing might. yeah he might now he might right now, yeah. And it covers you through this year Yeah, in case anything happens. And then you're going to need another guy uh, next season. with CeCe's retiring, so, I mean, it's not the worst thing in the world. No, no. I, I,
2: I couldn't agree more, but we've talked about how we have a general manager who is picking up the phone no matter if they need the guy or not just to kind of gauge the... The expectation of a contract, maybe he has talked to Keuchel's people at this point. Honestly,
1: I got to think at this point, if there was something really serious that concerned the Yankees, because we're what, three, four days now removed from the news coming out. Right. That they would have taken, they would have even signed the guy to a minor league deal, taken a flyer on somebody. Right. I don't know, man. I mean, it just when you see that though, you you know you're creeping closer and closer to the beginning of the season, the end of the winter. This is all, the, you know, things we've been looking forward to for so long now. And then you get you you're on Twitter and you read that. It just it takes the wind out of your sails. Yeah, because, you know, we've said it over
2: and over. This is our year. This is the year we can finally go out there and expect to be the best. Right, we expect this team to to win nothing less than a, than a pennant this year, and you're right. It's deflating to now have to go into the season without your ace. First of all, with guys like Hicks
1: who are injury prone already, feeling injured. Uh, breaking news here: uh, former Yankee uh, and now drug kingpin Esteban Loiza will spend his next three years of his life in a federal penitentiary. Esteban Loiza. Esteban Loiza wasn't that the one who got shot in in the DR? That was Tyro Estrada. Who who is this then? Why do I know Loiza? Because he was traded for uh, the Yankees. Traded uh, Jose Contreras to get him. Oh Remember god! Remember when uh, Contreras became such a giant bust? Two winners. Yeah, former Yankee. Uh, last August, Loiza uh, pleaded guilty to possessing forty four pounds of cocaine with the intent to distribute. So there you Solid. go. Solid. I guess when you're a bum major league pitcher that gets traded for a train wreck, you have to sell cocaine. <laughs> I guess so. You got to keep yourself on your toes, you know? So what were you saying there, pal? We got to be nice to each other. We're, you're
2: right. Buddy. Thanks, pal. Thanks for thinking of me, bud. Didn't mean to interrupt you there. I don't even know what I was saying. Uh, I was just I uh, was kind of just backing up your point that it's deflating. I mean, it's, it's a year that not only do we expect to win, but it's a year that... We are really excited for every piece of this puzzle to be on the field. And we're already, you know, having doubts with who's going to stay healthy. That's the scary part. If this was mid-season, yeah, it would it would suck a lot more. But we wouldn't be as concerned because we still don't know what this team is. We all know that you can construct a team on paper that looks like a World Series caliber team. But you don't know until they all gel together and start winning what they're capable of. We want to see what this team's capable of. We all know what to expect, what we want to expect, but we don't know what this team is truly capable of until they go out there and start proving it this year, that they can be better than Boston, that they can beat the Houston Astros and they can be better than them. And they can be the ones in the ALCS going for the pennant. And, and, you know, it's discouraging. It's, it's not easy as a fan
1: To sit back and just be okay with it. The Yankees don't even have to be as good as they were last year. And they can win 88 games if that means that Boston has won 87. Maybe they need to win 105 games. But as long as they have one more win than the Red Sox, that's what's important this season. Assuming
2: that no other team is going to have more wins than the Red Sox or the Yankees. You know what? At the end of the day, what you're saying is they have to just win enough games to win this division.
1: I'm trying to think here. Do the Rays, if the Red Sox and Yankees are only winning 87-88 games themselves, do you think the Rays are going to be winning 87-88 Someone games? else
2: has got to be. Why? If the Red Sox and Yankees are only winning 87-88 games, that means
1: there's another team in the AL East that is somewhere close to them. Eight, nah, I don't think so. Look how Cleveland ran away with their division last year. Would they win? 88-9 games, 88 games, something like that?
2: Yeah, but... You're to have a whole division the other full of bad sucked. teams. The other team sucked.
1: So, the, everybody in so Toronto and Baltimore are going to be... I mean, I can't imagine them winning more than... How many? What's your over-under on Baltimore this year? 51? 50. <laughs> I'm going you're, under. You're taking the under on 51? Yep, under.
2: And Toronto, I would set it at 70. I'll take the over on them, 72. Still <laughs> that's a pretty awful.
0: Yeah, Cleveland won that division last year by 13 games. And what was their
2: record? 91 and 71. Oh, second 91. place Twins 78 and 84. But listen, I mean 91 wins is not something Imagine to that. just laugh over. Yeah, the Yankees winner. won 91 games in 2017, didn't they?
0: How crazy is that though last year the AL East had three teams that won 90 plus games the third place team in the in Central
2: 64 wins That's what I'm saying though if the if the Yankees and Red Sox two incredible teams are only winning 88 and 87 the only other logical explanation would be that there's a third AL East team because the Rays are better than every single team
1: in the Central other yeah. than the Indians I don't think so Come on I don't think the Rays are challenging for this division. Even if I never Yankees, said they were. Even if the Yankees and Red Sox are winning in the low 90s, I still don't think they're challenging for the division. I never said that they were challenging. I just said that they're better than half the teams in the Central. The point is, it doesn't matter if it takes 87 friggin' wins or 112 wins. The Yankees need to win this division right. this year. So does this injury to Severino cost them a shot at the division? Right now, no. Missing three weeks of the season with your ace on the disabled no. list, does that cost the Yankees a shot at winning the no, division? No, because it all goes back to what we keep saying. Their schedule
2: is is one that they can take advantage of with or without Severino. If the
1: Yankees get off a, to a slow start in those three weeks that Severino is out, that has little to do with Luis
2: Severino being out. Right, and we talked about that, how the Yankee offense is notorious for being slow, slow starters, And we said it just can't happen this year. It can't. There's no excuse. There's no excuse. It cannot happen. That stays true whether Severino is healthy or Severino is injured. Because if this offense can come out there with, you know, not having to dust the cobwebs off or anything like that, and they're hot right out of the gate, they should win no matter what. Because like you said, they should be able to put up more runs in the other team, no matter if it's Loisica pitching, Sessa, or Luis Severino.
1: Well, a big part of that offense is going to be who is standing at first base. And Aaron Boone, I don't know why this was such breaking news this week, because I've heard it mentioned by the manager and GM multiple times in the past. But I guess since you gotta know, have something to talk about, Boone said that you no, they're not carrying two first basemen. They're going with a 13-man uh, pitching staff, which means you can only have uh, three reserves, which one of them is going to be Austin Romine. The other one's going to be DJ LeMayhew, and the other one is going to be a backup outfielder, which I guess we have to mention uh, could be Jacoby Ellsbury because he's going to return to the team uh, around St. Patrick's Day, which is about another week from now. So whoopty friggin do Jacoby Ellsbury. Or this could get Ryan excited. Yeah. Uh, Tyler Wade has been mentioned as a possible outfield reserve in yeah, the Yankees. I, I could think be, it's going to be Wade. That could be good for the Yankees because he brings a lot of versatility to the ball club. He and, does, and I uh, guess where he does swings left-handed. So yeah. yeah. But I ran a poll last night, and it's kind of overwhelming, as you would probably expect it. Uh, which player? We've talked about this ad nauseum on this show. We brought this up in the past. The Yankees are not carrying two first basemen. One of these guys, Voight or Bird, are going to the minor leagues. Francesa speculated after talking to Cashman that if it's Bird that doesn't win the job, you know, and they need a starting pitcher, he could be part of a package that could net you somebody decent. And he's hitting well in spring training again. Yeah. So, but... Let's take a different approach to it. Who do you want to win the first baseman's job, Voight or Bird? Uh, that's a really loaded question for me. because I know it's a loaded question. I
2: want. Here's what Not I for want. for me. I want Greg Bird to be so good that I'm confident with him in this lineup because he's a lefty. But who do I just take pulling all the, everything aside, lefty, righty bullshit. Who do I just want to be here? Luke Voigt. It's not even a question. Well,
1: the fans voted 72% so far for Luke Voigt with about 10 hours left to vote. I, I mean, for me, it
2: is overwhelming because, again, we speculate on what kind of guy Greg Bird is and so on and so forth, but we know who Luke Voigt is, and we know he's a guy who brings energy to this team. We know he's a guy who has the potential to, to be a nice power hitter and to come through in the clutch and to really just uplift this team and he's a young guy and he's hungry he wants to be here in my mind it is overwhelming i I do want luke voigt but strategically i want it to be greg bird if that makes sense
1: i'm kind of in the same boat with you uh i want the yankees to have a left-handed power presence in their lineup especially with Didi gregorius being injured but dude how do you say no to luke you can't you can't that's the problem and like
2: You know what's very odd to me? Maybe it's just like we're brainwashed by the Yankees at this point because of all the analytics and the importance of lefty-righty matchups and all this. Don't you feel like us as fans and and doing this show – have put so much behind the fact that the Yankees don't have a lefty
1: power hitter, yet the Yankees don't seem that concerned with That's what Francis said after interviewing Cashman. He said the Yankees don't seem to care about not having that lefty power. In so the maybe we
2: shouldn't care. And if that's the case, if I'm not going to care about it, then it's Luke Voigt day in and day out.
1: Look, I said this on my show earlier this week, and uh, we'll get into something else that I mentioned on my show to wrap up because I'm going to blow my friggin' stack in about 15 minutes. Uh so stay tuned. Luke Voigt is that dude. He's the dude. Like, I mean he's the ultimate. He's like that bro, like that he's he's your bro. Like you you see him, he's got the swagger, he's got the confidence, you know, he's out there mashing home runs with the you know, the unbuttoned jersey, the team goes friggin' nuts for him. Aaron Judge was very vocal about
2: how Voight carried this team, and you know, He's the. You're right. He's the guy. But here's my thing, right? The one thing in the back of my mind is like we all love Luke Voigt. just like you said. He's the guy. He's the one who came up here and and mashed the ball. Don't you have like some type of you? you just kind of relate him to um, a guy like Tyler Austin, who came up and for like three weeks was on Tyler fire. Tyler Austin and w- everyone wishes he no no no. Had- no. Listen, Had the same, and everyone uh, was like, oh, he's the guy. He should be our first baseman. And then what happened? He got too much playing time, and, and all of a sudden, he was a bum again. Do you not ever think, got this type of run. Do you think, though, yeah. that Luke Voigt is just, that's it? He's great? I mean... It could still happen that he comes back and he's a bust more than he is anything else. Oh, well,
1: I guess that's probably why the Yankees don't end up trading Greg Bird and they keep him around in the minor leagues. That's what I was saying last episode. But again, what are you going to get out of... If Greg Bird is having this type of spring that he's having right now, he's batting over, what, 360, I think. The last but it's day. worth the risk. It's worth keeping him around because you have no...
2: There's no one telling you you can't throw him in your minor leagues. And, you know, and I disagree,
1: risking. though.
0: I think that even if... Voight gets the job and then he is terrible, that they don't really need Bird because you have DJ LeMayhu that you can just make your first baseman if, if yeah, need Yeah, I be. mean, if that's really their intention. Because Boone did say, he said DJ who will play two days a week at second base when is off, one day at second when Glaber's off, one day at third when is off for DHing versus lefty. He's, yeah.
1: he's a big part of this team. And you team. almost got the impression that, uh, at least through the first few weeks of the season at Tulitz he's not playing back-to-back days. That's what yeah, I got it does at, it does seem. That's what like I got a, out of what Cashman was telling. Francesco. Maybe that's how they're going to get the
2: most out of him and keep him healthy. But they have the ability to do to do that and still be a very good competitive t- team in infield. I, I
0: read uh, Aaron Judge had, gave an interview on Reddit this week. And just this line is reminding me of, of just Voight. He says, most people don't realize, but the clubhouse is such a huge part of the game. You mm. need that aspect to be successful and be a great team. All of the best teams have oh, it. Oh,
2: okay. That's Luke funny. Luke Voight
0: is the epitome of that.
2: Right. And it's funny you brought that up because we've knocked so many fans all the time who say, oh, clubhouse chemistry is bullshit and leaders and veteran presence is bullshit. No, it's not. Anyone saying that has never played on a competitive baseball team doesn't know know the effect of having good team chemistry and going out there and wanting to win, not just for, not just for your manager, or for the organization or for the fans, but wanting to win for one another and picking each other up and making sure that, you know, you get the best out of not only yourself, but the guys around you. That is an extremely important aspect of baseball in any level. It really in any level. And it, and you know what? It
1: starts from the manager down. It really does. Well, you it- this is how I'm gonna kind of counter my my own argument here about Luke Voit is that we ripped fans that were upset over Ronald Torres going because he was like the spark plug and the the team loved him and that's kind of part of the reason why I want Voit to stay around is because of the energy that he brings to the clubhouse. But how I'm gonna make my own point is that Ronald Torres is a friggin' singles hitter utility guy, right? Whereas Luke Voit is... we. I mean, we don't know, but we've seen the power that the guy can hit—35 home runs in right. a season.
0: Ronald Torres wasn't batting cleanup in the uh, American League Division Series. Right.
1: So yeah, I mean, you know what? What is the, what is the reaction of the team going to be if Greg Bird makes a team? Uh, okay. Whereas if as if Voit makes a team, yeah, fucking Voit, yeah. Right,
2: right, right, yeah. And there's probably going to be a lot of pissed off fans if it's Greg Bird, but uh, you don't blame them, right? I mean, Rye, you're going to be optimistic and hope that he can be successful, but you're going to be a little ticked off if it's not Voight.
0: And I think all of us are going to be because we think
2: he just deserves it at this point. Because if Greg Bird makes this team over Luke Voight, it's simply for the fact that they want to be right about him. And they want him to fill into this lineup as a left-handed power hitter. Whereas if Voight makes this team, it's because he's actually gone out there and over a, a decent period of time, proven to us that he can be a great first baseman. Where Greg Bird really has never given that to us outside of a big home run in the playoffs. When has Greg Bird gone out there and gone three, four weeks of just being like, holy shit, this well, he guy did. is.
1: When he came up in 2015, he didn't hit 11 home runs and how many ever at bats that he had. He did have a good, when they called him up in 2015, he did not as spectacular as what Voigt did, but. I mean, he did have that short window of Okay, but here's my only argument. Yeah, Eleven to that.
0: home runs, thirty one RBIs that year, just forty six yeah. games. Here's my only argument to that. Where were the Yankees
2: at that time?
1: No, they were out of it. No, right. Twenty fifteen? No, yes. they were a wild they were a wild card team in twenty fifteen. Just like they were a wild card team last year. And I then just- last
0: year in thirty nine games, fourteen home runs, thirty three RBI. Yeah, it's for- much
1: more impressive what I mean, not much more Luke when Floyd. you look when you stare at the numbers side by side, but they had that short window of dominance when they got called up. They both did. I mean, Voight's overall numbers look better, but you can't say Bird didn't have that similar run in him. Right. Now, Bird then spent 2016 hurt. He spent 2017 hurt. He spent 2018 doing whatever the hell that he did last year, sulking in his fucking locker. And then, um, oh, by the way, I'm going to now take the time to apologize to you because I did... Refer yeah. to somebody as a effing douchebag yes. last week. Okay, my apology is is that when I used the term fucking douchebag, I wasn't using it to refer to you. So thank you. There's your apology. Thanks. <laughs> very very uh, respectful apology. I'll tell uh, you,
2: you know, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, stop being mean to me. It's not good for the show. Are you triggered in it, nah. <laughs> um, Greg Bird. Here at the end of the day, here's why everyone's going to be upset if Greg Bird is the starting first baseman for this team going into the season. It's simply for the fact that why does he deserve it? Why at this point, it shouldn't be his job to lose, no matter what. Maybe he won the job. No, there shouldn't be a job to win right now.
1: That's what you okay, but okay. If you take that approach that Voight did enough last season to lock up this job, that's fine.
2: You're looking at it the wrong way, in my opinion. I'm not just looking at what Voight did to earn the job. I'm looking at what Greg Bird didn't do for the last how many years to then just say, okay, he's still our guy. But the Yankees are not looking at it that way. I understand. Brian Cashman believes that we still have not seen the best of Greg Bird. I understand that 100%. I'm telling you why I think people are going to be upset if Greg Bird is the starting first baseman, and it's because you look at it as a whole and you say this guy's done nothing but get hurt, and when he is healthy, he hasn't been that good over the right, last. Well, couple you years. know
1: what? And then if at the end of September we're looking up and Greg Bird hit two seventy with twenty eight home runs and eighty nine runs batted in, oh, I'm
2: glad oh, he's. Well, so. You know, right. At the end of the day, do I expect
1: that to happen? No. At the I, end of the day,
2: we're all going to have our personal preference as to what the Yankees should do. And really, we just need to take a step back and just trust, again, trust the process. And if it is Greg Bird, instead of going into it and tweeting and posting on social media that this team's a fucking joke, a fucking Greg Bird, he sucks, I can't believe I have to... How about just taking the approach of saying, look, they want this guy to be their guy and... If anything else, we should want him to, too. If that's going to be their decision, you should not be talking about this guy like he's some bum until he goes out there and does stink it up again. Then you can talk all you want. But this is a new season now. And that's the beauty of baseball is that this team just won 100 games last year. They didn't. They did fall short, but they can go back out there. And this is a whole new season. Now they can win the 88 hypothetical games we talked about and still win the World Series. This is this is a brand new season and it should be taken that way every single year. Give the guy a chance. If the Yankees are giving him a chance, we need to give him a chance. Do we all want it to be void? Yes. But if it is Greg Bird, let's let him let's let him ride. Let's let him let's let him give it another chance.
1: Well, you know who I'm glad the Yankees didn't give another chance to and after he opened up his goddamn mouth earlier this week, I'm even more happy that they didn't give him another chance this week. Who's that? And I know don't we said we would never say, uh, say. You know what? Name. We say his name every week now. Yeah, you know, we what? say his name really? more now
2: than we did before. Seriously.
1: I don't care because he has to get. He has to he get, get what's coming he to does. him. He has to get what's coming uh, to yeah, him. Yeah. What did he say? Sonny Gray is one of the biggest piles of garbage that I've ever encountered as a Yankee fan. Okay? Did you read the article? Yes, I did read the article. Did you read the article? I did. Okay. <laughs> so are you going to tell me that I'm going to be off base and killing Sonny Gray right now? Yeah, no. I'm
0: going to ask if I read the article. Did you read the article, I Ryan? I didn't.
1: I didn't read it. Sonny Gray's sole point of saying what he said is to tell everybody that he's not the reason that he sucked as a Yankee. Okay. That it's somebody else's fault. And isn't that the main thing that we've always had with a problem with Sonny Gray, that it's never yes. his fault?
2: Yes. And in that sense- that he opened his mouth up to say anything like that.
1: Now here is okay. why he should be killed. Okay, on this here's show right the now. point, right? <coughs> now, you're going to say that he's just answered a question, which is fine. Here's how I would respond to that. You know what? I'm a Cincinnati Red now. My whole focus is on helping the Cincinnati Reds win ball games. It Obviously, it didn't work out in New York, but that's the pass. I want to focus on being the 100%. best Cincinnati Red that I can be. 100%. Not saying that the Yankees made me throw sliders and it's a bad pitch for me and I can't control my slider and blah, blah, blah. First of all, I don't know if Ryan can verify this or not, but I read somewhere—I believe it was the last two or last three seasons—that he was in Oakland. He threw 14.9% sliders in his time with the Yankees. He threw 15.1% sliders. Yes. So it's not even that big of a jump for, especially for a team that focuses on throwing sliders. And you okay? know what? To so, that okay. you you All go. Right. No go. All go. Right.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh huh. To that point of you saying the 14.9. Uh, compared to the 15.1% of sliders. Here's what that tells me. It's a
1: negligible. It's not even noticeable, to be honest with you. Right.
2: And here's what that proves to me at this point. He's so mentally weak that when they were pushing this slider on him, even though he didn't throw it more, that much more, it was just weighing on him mentally at that point that they expected him to throw the slider. They expected it to be good, and it wasn't. He came out and said it was a shitty pitch for him. Yeah, guess what? So
1: were so were all your other pitches when you were in New York? They were all shitty. Let me break this down for everybody here. First of all, I'm gonna take this in two different approaches. Number one, when I tweeted about this earlier in the week, then you get the jackals that come out and say, Well, it's Larry Rothschild's fault. First of all, here's where you're wrong. Number one, Sonny Gray saying this isn't a reason for you to then attack Larry Rothschild's job performance, okay? Because that's exactly what, what Sonny wants Gray wants you to do. He wants you to come out and then say, Well, Larry's a bad pitching coach. Larry couldn't get the best. Out of Sonny Gray Larry 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 That's because why Severino guess what?
2: Goes to Pedro Martinez Guess what
1: you're not saying When you're saying Larry Rothschild's name You're not saying Sonny Gray's name Sonny Gray's off the hook For being a bag of shit As a New York Yankee Right That's exactly what Sonny wants you to do So Congratulations You fell into Sonny's trap Now you're blaming Larry for Sonny Being bad here Okay Right It's a, it's just such a joke It should have never Ever Ever Been discussed And here, here's Sonny Gray now saying, I didn't throw as many curveballs as... uh, and, And that's when it started to morph and lose its shape. And then here in this article from CBS Sports, it says... Uh, pitch tracking data disagrees. It said Gray did throw more curveballs and <laughs> roughly the same amount of sliders as he did in the past. Right. So he doesn't even know what he's friggin' talking about. No, he's it's out all here mental. He's running to him. running his mouth about things, and he doesn't even it's have. All he doesn't even have any anything factual to back it up because in this article that that's on CBSSports.com is is disproving everything that he had to say about it.
2: Let me let me bring it to you in this way, because we like to use a lot of analogies of being married, married men. Yep, right? Yup. I'll, I'll use this analogy to you. You ever get into a fight with your wife and she's like, you never just think of doing this and just being helpful, blah, blah. blah, And then you go, are you kidding me? Do you know all that I do every day and whatever? And then she'll say something like, well, what do you do? I mean, what's going And then you just sit there and you go, hmm, can't really think of anything. Right. Like I can't I can't think of what kind of point I'm trying to make and I can't defend That's exactly what Sonny Gray did just now. He tried to back himself up and say, Well, I didn't, you know, I don't like to throw a lot of curveballs or sliders, but I did it for you, and that's all I focused on, and that's all I threw, and that's why I was unsuccessful, and blah blah blah. And then they went, Well, how? Because here's the stats. And now he's sitting back and he's like well I thought so because why? It's all mental. Well, it's all in his head.
1: He felt the pressure. And uh this is Sonny Gray. In my very last outing against the Red Sox, second to last game of the season in New York, okay. Uh, I threw two innings out of the pen. All I did was throw cutters, Gray said. I said, fuck them. All I'm going to do is throw cutters today. I just threw 94-mile-an-hour cutters, six up, six down, four punchies, and I thought I'll make the postseason roster, and I, but I didn't. And then it goes on to say, Gray's memory is a little foggy because the game was in Boston, not in New York. <laughs> oh, my God. And in that outing, Gray faced seven batters, allowed a hit in two innings, struck out three, but pitch tracking data says he threw
2: zero cutters. Unreal. He's a mental
0: it's mind just at the end of the day, man. Christian, you hit it, the nail on the head. Just just
1: don't bring it up, man. Just move right. on. Right. How many times have you guys just referenced in the last couple minutes? It's in his head, right? It is. Okay. Sonny Gray, how many times have I referenced this stat? On this show, Sonny Gray on the road pitched like a friggin' number two starter. 3.17 ERA. Less walks, less home runs allowed, and less innings pitched than he did in at, at Yankee Stadium where he had, what, a 6.980 ERA? Sonny, if your slider was so bad, why were you good on the road and bad at home?
2: Yep. Exactly.
1: The problem is not in between the white lines for Sonny Gray. The problem for Sonny Gray is in between his ears. Okay. okay, now everybody's going to go out there and look at Sonny Gray's pitching lines from this year, and he's probably going to pitch to a 3-4 ERA, win 12 or 13 games, and they're going to say, Larry Rothschild's Oh, it's stopped. probably Larry Rothschild. Or it's the fact that Sonny Gray's pitching in Cincinnati where no offense to Cincinnati Reds fans, nobody freaking cares. And, and the, that's after, exactly what he wants. And after opening day, when they'll, they'll sell out because everybody sells out opening day. After opening day, Sonny Gray's going to pitch in front of Nine thousand people, eight thousand people. Where if he sucks, you know what they're going to be doing? Nothing because they don't care. Who's this Sonny Gray? That's this exactly is New right. York. This is frigging Yankee Stadium. You and we're gonna. I'm gonna give a little spoiler alert here. Uh, we're gonna drop two episodes this week. You're gonna hear this episode 103 and then episode 104 is a special interview we did with former Major League All Star Brett Boone. Who obviously is the manager of the new uh, manager of New York Yankees brother? Where Brett said that when you're in New York, you know if you're not performing well, people are going to get on you, and, and you he need said to his- take
2: this job and know that. I mean, to be
1: successful, you need to know that. When the Yankees make a big trade for you at the trading deadline and trade top prospects for you, now, thank God for the Yankees, that they really haven't panned out for the A's either because then this whole disaster would be even worse. When the Yankees make that deal for you, you have to understand there's a certain level of expectation for you to come here and perform. What the fuck that's, is that supposed to mean? And that's not on the pitching coach. That's on you and the ball that's in your friggin' right hand. Can okay. I ask you a question? Yes.
2: Were you ad libbing or did Sonny Gray really say, I didn't get, I said, fuck them? No, that was a quote. That from was him. a quote. Yeah. Wow. Can't even picture. I went out there and I said, fuck them. I'm going to throw my cutter nonstop. Just
0: to maybe make a note of the guys that they the Yankees traded for. Uh, to get Sonny Gray. James Caprillion was one of those guys. He's apparently getting cleared to throw again this week, so that's pretty cool. He hasn't yeah,
2: picked up I a mean, ball. No, I don't even no, think he's picked up a ball like since 2016. 2016. So let's see you know what he's made out of. He's going to be the one guy that I think could could shine as as mm-hmm. the biggest potential uh, out of those all those pieces. But at the end of the day, I mean, who gives a shit at this point? It's over and done with, and yeah, we still exactly. built an incredible team that is now... You know, considered one of the best You know what? And Brian
1: Cashman and Aaron Boone were both asked about this, and they both said the same thing. It was frustrating. We wanted him to succeed here. We were focused on our team. We wish him the best of luck right. in Cincinnati. That's it. Why couldn't he say that? Right. What was his big deal? You know what he is? He's a jilted ex-lover, and it's got to be your fault and not mine while we broke up. Right. And that's exactly what he's doing, and that's exactly why I'm pissed off about it. Because just shut the fuck up and pitch. That's yep. it. You're not a Yankee anymore. You got out of there. Go enjoy your goddamn extension, pitching in obscurity and anonymity, which is exactly what you want, and just shut up about it. Nobody cares about you anymore. That's it.
2: And this is the last fucking time we're gonna mention Sonny Gray's name on this show. Keep,
1: I don't speak your name, so keep your yeah. keep my name out of your friggin' mouth. Really, okay, dude, that's exactly bro. what it comes down to. I know people are fishing for stories. It's spring training. You gotta have something to write about. Shut the fuck up yeah. and just say I'm a Red now. Yeah. That's all right. focused yeah, on. Worry, yeah, bro. move on. What are you gonna do when you... I don't know who the catcher is with the Reds? But what are you gonna do when he puts down a slider? Cry? you going to grab your, your friggin' Linus blanket and go hide in the dugout in the fetal position? Uh, oh, I can't throw sliders! <laughs> Mr.
2: GM, I don't know if you know this about me, but you might want to call Mr. Cashman. Uh, I pitch really well to Austin Romine, so if you want to get him over here, I could pitch to him. Uh, no, you can't, you fucking moron. You sucked with him, too. Oh, he's got a brother, yeah, though. Yeah, we
1: gave, we gave Sonny Gray every excuse in the book. Every yes. every little thing that would make him feel comfortable. Oh, Sonny Gray doesn't like uh, beef stir-fry. So we only serve chicken on the days that he pitches in the clubhouse. Sonny Gray, guess what? He had one good stir- start when we served chicken stir-fry. But then every time after that he sucked but we're still cooking chicken stir fry because Sonny likes it better the same shit with Austin Romine he had two good starts with Austin Romine so it's Gary Sanchez's fault but how many times did he fucking blow when uh, Austin Romine was behind the plate too but we still gave him Austin Romine because it's a thing that he has with, with Gary Sanchez the fact of the matter is Sonny The light shine brighter in the Bronx and you couldn't handle it. You wilted it like a little dying flower. And now go enjoy your time in Cincinnati. I never want to hear the word Yankees out of your goddamn mouth again. You're a bum. You're a loser. I never ever wanna hear my name my team's name out of your stupid pathetic mouth again because i never wanna to have to say the word sunny gray back to back again okay go fuck yourself that's the end of the story goodbye i like that that was solid
2: yeah i like that a lot i wish i could take your blood pressure right now
1: <laughs> oh i almost had three panic attacks while i was ranting i really wish i could <laughs> like i felt them coming on on to better news. You have, I don't want to talk about that jerk off anymore. You gonna reveal the contest winner? Yes, we ran a contest on Twitter with our, uh, excuse me, our uh, sponsors, Baseballism. Baseballism and- is giving out. Just so everyone knows,
2: they they have a uh, the classic flag man is like their their brand, their logo. It is Babe Ruth, so they do have a an official licensing agreement with the Ruth family. And this is their first giveaways. They're going to be doing this all year with us, uh, with these giveaways. This was our first batch of them. We ran a little contest of a caption, caption this with Bird and Voight. Thought it'd be a little fun. And we
1: picked out a winner. Oh, I love this one. It was a picture of, you picked out the picture. It was a picture of, uh, it looked like Bird, uh, Voight was kind of giving Bird a look, kind of.
2: kind of, Like he was like kind of smirking over his shoulder it looked like
1: they were walking to the field one yeah, day.
2: Yeah, if you go to if you go to our Twitter at MYY you'll see it. I think I have it pinned right now.
1: So we asked for the best caption, and I fell in love with it as soon as I saw it, and no one was able to beat it. And the winner here is Brad Sullivan at Coach Sully sixty two, uh, and this is obviously coming from the point of view of Luke Voigt. He says, "Dude." Fantasy camp is over. You have to leave. Oh, wait, it's you, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what
2: was the handle again? Coach uh, Sully sixty two. Coach Sully sixty two. Reach out to us. DM us uh, when you listen to this and claim your prize. Uh, again, this will make
1: a meme out of it later on in the week. Yes,
2: this uh, giveaway was brought to you by Baseballism. Check them out at baseballism.com.
1: I hope nobody, Sonny Gray's family, works for Baseballism because we're probably going to lose them. Yeah, the oh, absolutely. 100%. <laughs> uh, but then again, do you think Sonny Gray's family knows what a piece of shit that he is? <laughs> oh, absolutely. 100%. Um, well, I think we'll be safe. I think we'll
2: be all right. Check out baseball. I'm sure he's a nice
1: guy, but, you know, as a baseball player. Yeah, you know what's going to lose
2: us our sponsorship? Me not being able to get through the. Uh, I right, get
1: through the apple.
2: <laughs> head to baseballism.com. Seriously, they don't just have, by the way, uh, hats and shirts and stuff.
1: Did you check out those glasses that are on there, the sunglasses? No, I didn't. But now, the, I want, now I want two shirts from them. I want the one with Babe Ruth standing in the stadium, and I want the respect the game one. The respect the game shirt is phenomenal. It's one of my favorite shirts. So why don't you get on that? I'm gonna.
2: I'll get on it. I'll get on it. Check them out. They the, these sunglasses are freaking they're awesome. Really cool. They're baseball wooded, back. They're grain. Baseball back grain on the side. You it's just check
0: out my screen here.
2: If you love baseball seriously, you uh, just go to you'll. Well, I'm so bad. You'll with spend sunglasses. so much money. So it's I use them all the time. Oh, so do I. That's why I won't spend the money. But if they don't want to buy me a gift. They can use uh, promo code M-I-Y-S-T, S T fifteen percent off. Send them over my way. But let's we'll we'll kick it to our sponsor real quick before we wrap up the show, and uh, I will take this time to calm Christian down so he doesn't have a stroke.
1: Uh, you know what? I'm relaxed. We're done here. We got my my dog came home over the weekend. Uh, I love that freaking dog so much. No, he's not here. My wife is insanely jealous about how much I love the dog. Like when she texts me when she gets to work in the morning, I don't say anything like, oh, I love you, have a good day. I ask her how the dog was because I leave the house before she does, and she gets upset over that. So Creed, if you're listening, buddy, I'm coming home. We'll, We'll go outside and we'll play fetch in a little bit. Nice.
2: Don't let me meet the dog. Here's our sponsor. We'll be back right after this.
1: Hey, have you heard about
2: Baseballism? A premium lifestyle apparel brand focusing on the class, tradition, and history of baseball. You can find everything from accessories
0: such as phone cases and watches to your next favorite baseball tee. Whether you're a player
2: or just a fan of the game, Baseballism has something for everyone. They also have multiple stores, including one in Cooperstown home of the baseball hall of fame hop online to baseballism.com and check out all they have to offer just be sure to use promo code nyyst at checkout for 15 percent off your entire order baseballism a brand built for love of the game
1: So, uh, while you were playing the ad from the sponsor, I called my wife. She was excited to hear from me until I asked her to put the dog on, and then she told me <laughs> that I have to stay here for the rest of my life. Please don't. No, I'm going home to get the dog. You're not bringing the dog back to my house. No, I'm going to my
2: mother's house. I'm already... I already... Ha- I just, I'm not going to get into dog stuff or pet stuff. I'm just not a pet guy. But I am. Okay. So don't bring don't your talk dog shit to my, about house. my dog. I'll meet your dog and I'll love your dog at your house. I'll pet I it. I don't
1: want my dog in your house because God yeah. only knows what type of germs he's gonna. I'll pet nothing pet better it. though.
2: Nothing better than a puppy. Oh, you know? he's awesome. Ugh. They lick you. They friggin' un- they make you. They, they love you, Chris. They walk in you. you. between you. your feet and they
0: make you. Trip. You're having a bad day. You know well, if you it's it's get a little angry. angry they, they don't walk care. The friggin'
2: thing. So
1: right? uh, you have a living being that. I have like, living beings that, that gives that you love unconditional me back. love. I have oh, so unconditional bad. love. I, I don't. Yeah, need but when it. your dog is being bad, you can put it in a cage. When your right. kid is being bad, can you put your kid in a cage? I put my kid yeah. in the cage any day of the week, <laughs> and
2: they can't talk back either. You know? Oh, they bark. They, they just bark, bark. But then you know, which you is worse? I'd rather a kid talk back.
0: Oh,
1: no, when your son learns how to curse at you, and, and you say, uh, "Jack, you know, go brush your teeth," and he's like, "Go fuck yourself." Oh, that'll <laughs> happen one it. day, one day. <laughs> my dog can't tell me that. Right. I mean, I'm sure in his mind he's barks, saying it, yeah, but I don't barks. know what he's saying. He probably thinks you're an asshole right, no, he right off the me. gate. He right right off the yeah, gate. I'm sure he likes you, bro. Quick story before we wrap up. We took him to the vet for his puppy checkup, uh-huh. and everybody loved him. This The receptionist behind the desk was like, oh, we've been seeing puppies all day. Well, what are they, they going to do? Fucking tell you he's ugly and that they hate your dog? They don't dog? have to say anything. They're right. like, we've been seeing puppies all day, but he's my favorite. I ne- She's like, I never asked to do this, but can I hold your dog? Oh, okay. And I was like... It's those, it's those like,
0: eyebrows. Yeah, and I was out. like, listen, really I was cool. like...
1: I said to my wife, if we ever get divorced, I'm taking the dog because he's a panty dropper. It's <laughs> like having a kid, man. <laughs> you could be as ugly as you
2: are and, and have that dog. But, and Chris, that was too it. mean. You're right. That was too well, you're mean. Right. you're that right. That was too mean. Okay. Right. Take that back. You're right.
1: So you're sorry. I'm sorry. We only, we'll get a two-star review this I'm week. I'm sorry, pal. All right. So anyway... I got to take a deep breath here because even though now we're a few minutes removed from it, I'm still wound up here. (laughs) I got to go home. Anyway, thank you for listening to episode 103 of the NYY Sports Talk podcast. First of two new episodes this week, we'll be dropping our special interview with uh, Yankee Skipper's brother. Although we really shouldn't preface it by saying that. He's a former Major League All-Star player, very accomplished career. We thanked him... uh, very much for spending some time with us. So, you will spit, hear that interview later in the week with Brett Boone. So, uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, thank you to baseballism.com. Check them out. Follow us on Twitter at NYY Sports Talk. Stat Guy Rye. Go Yanks. Chris. Say hey, goodbye. <laughs>